listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Thank you, Herman. (laughs) And Paul Moore here with Herman Eben as we talk about Great Relationships. Herman, recently we have been discussing God's design for men. We've been talking about God's design for women. And you've really kind of challenged me a lot with saying equal in value, different in design. And what's really important is to understand the foundation of the image of God. That's right. If we don't understand the image of God, we will not understand the designs of men and women very well. Well, how does this relate to the fundamental decision? I love the fact that you've asked that question because that is the critical issue for us, no matter what we're studying. Before we go there, let me pray for us, and then we'll come back and talk about that. Lord, thank you that you are clear. Thank you that you have provided all that we need to know. Thank you that you have shown us what the designs of men and women are, and you have also given us a great insight into what your image is. I pray that we will be clear in our discussion and give us great understanding of your word even further. In your precious name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. Okay, so the website, greatrelationships.com, GR8relationships.com, chapter two, you've got a slide and there's a quote that says, the critical truth to understand designs in life. That's all related to the image of God. But you ask a question related to the fundamental choice in life. If you don't recognize that everything God is offering to us in his word brings us to either we're going to trust that that is correct or we're going to trust something else. We can be talking about the image of God. We can be talking about the designs of men and women. We can be talking about forgiveness, confession, anything that we've brought up in the radio program up to this point in time. We can be talking about those things, but it all goes back to, do I trust God's view of this or do I trust my view of this? And when we come to the designs of men and women, like we've been talking about, and we're going to be talking about the, the judgments eventually, right? <laughs> you keep putting that off. Keep putting yes, that sir. off. That's right. Uh, then either I am trusting that God's word is sharing this information with us correctly, or I'm sitting back and going, no science or psychology or a person's opinion is really what I need to be paying attention to. One word definitions you gave me. Mm-hmm. Man was designed to work. Right. Woman was designed to relate. To relate, to be so relational. Then, right. why God's design for men and women this way? We're, that's the reason why we want to be talking about the image of God, because you'll see how men and women's designs fit directly into the image of God if you are able to see it the way we're talking about it here. Now, here's what too often happens when we start talking about the image of God. We do not have a clear definition of the image of God, and you can look in many commentaries, and I'm, I'm betting that you're not going to find the way that we define the image of God in too many commentaries. Now, there are a couple of words that we'll share with you a little bit later that gets close, but most of the time when people are talking about the image of God, they're talking about emotions, intellect, and will. Okay, but I was not even going there. You're saying emotions, intellect, and will, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. John just simply says, God is love. That's right. Is that enough or did I cheat on my homework assignment? Well, that would be part of his attributes or the, or what he is, but it wouldn't be necessarily what we would classify as the image of God because the image of God is a combination of words that's used a number of times in the Bible. 
So the image of God is one of those things that is difficult for us to identify. But I think if you follow what God's Word is saying here, hopefully you'll see it the way we're going to be teaching it. Okay, well, you just freed me up to do that. I can say, okay, God is love. That's an attribute. And now I can go back to, okay, you're right. A lot of people say minds, emotions, and will. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you said that told me you want me to consider something else. I certainly do. I want you to consider something very different than that. You can go into the study guide and see a variety of ways that people define the image of God. But I would like for us to go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible and look at eight different passages. There's only eight. You can see this in your study guide that use the word image of God in it. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Genesis 9, 6. Romans 8, 29. And I won't list the rest of them. You can go look at it. Here's what's so interesting to me. If you look at each one of those verses, the only one set of verses that gives you more information is Genesis 1, 26 and 27. The rest of them just basically say something like, we shall also bear the image, uh, or we are changed into the image, or Christ who is the image. It's, that's all it says. It doesn't say anything further. But in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says this, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So there's a little bit more information there. And here's something else that I want to bring out. When you study God's word, and this is typically taught in seminary. Now, I haven't gone to seminary, but I, so I'm just trusting that uh, this is true. There is something called the rule of first cause. So that means that the first time a word or phrase is used is most likely the definition that God desires to be used for that assigned phrase or word. Yes, sir. Rule of okay. first occurrence or first cause. Yes, right. Sir. So Genesis 1, 26 and 27 not only has more information than all the rest of them, it's the first time that it's used. Well, hang on, because there's something else here, too. Mm -hmm. If you allow me to add to that just a couple verses before, Genesis 1, 24 okay. through 28, and some will differ here. Yeah. Many people agree that's the theological center of the Bible. So not only are you giving me some definition here, yeah. I should actually be drawing purpose. Yeah, we'll definitely cover that. That's 26 through 28. 26 and 27 is covering the image of God, and the purpose of man is brought out in verse 28. So if you think you've heard these verses before, you have. we have. Yeah. These are important. You have. So this is knocking on the podium. This is important. Okay, I'll that's get right. out of the way. So this particular passage, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, the information that is additional that I would like us to focus in on is specifically, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, man in that particular context can be mankind or man, but it's generally referring to mankind, meaning male and female. So God created man, mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So you could be using that interchangeably. Changeably. Okay. So that is the term that we want to see here. But here's the big question. Okay. And I want us to think about this question. Is the image of God somehow the same 
as maleness and femaleness, because that's what it seems to be saying there. That's what we need to ask ourselves. And I'm not asking or implying that God is male and female. I'm not trying to imply that. I'm simply saying, is the image of God somehow tied and somehow the same as maleness and femaleness? That's the question we want to try to devise an answer to. Okay, I'm kind of simple. So you're not saying to me and you're not purporting that God is somehow a hermaphrodite. Nope. You are saying, is this work component, this separate and powerful, and this relational nurturing, are these things reflective of the image of God? That's exactly what I'm saying here. Because he specifically says that the image of God created them, male and female, he created them. So somehow this male and female is associated with the image of God. That's where we want to want to take ourselves into the next break. So there you have it, into the next break. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great quotes for great relationships. When stress hits the system, pathology overrides theology every time, unless you are sold out to the truth. Dr. Marlon Howe. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and uh, what's that I keep forgetting? Oh, yes, your minds. It's hard to think well. Simple Tools for Brain Surgery gives you the right tools. Here's Worldview Academy's Bill Jack. When the delegates at the Constitutional Convention couldn't reach agreement, Ben Franklin stood and said, In the beginning of the contest with Britain, we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection. Our prayers were heard. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. We have been assured that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. He called the convention to prayer, and after they prayed, they reached agreement. The power of prayer, not the political savvy of delegates, brought the colonies together as one nation. Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, go to worldview.org. We're back, and listen, if you're one of those people that we call a visionary, an advocate, or an ally, if you are, you know what they are. If you don't, go to greatrelationships.com, that's grnumeral8relationships.com, and find out, because we do thank you for your prayers and your faithful support. With that said, Herman, you were talking to me about Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Right. I have this to say about that. What? <laughs> That's, that is not unnatural for that type of a statement to be made once we start teaching this very first part of the image. You got, what? You what were talking, <laughs> and I was getting more paper and another pen. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's what we're trying to say. 
we're asking this question, is the image of God somehow the same or tied to maleness and femaleness? That's what we're saying here. So here would be the logic. If you take, if you take this passage, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, let me read it to you again. Just the specific part. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. That's the part that we're focused on. So here's the possible logic. And again, I'm wanting you to think through this. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just laying this out for you to be thinking about. Okay, that's, that's all I'm doing here. So the possible logic would be this. If you write these two phrases this way, it will help you think what I'm trying to portray here. Uh, Right in the image of God, he created him and then put in parentheses mankind. So write that in one line. And then right below that, write male and female, he created them and then put in parentheses mankind. So you have two phrases that are stacked on top of each other. And that's what I want you to be thinking about. Since the image of God is descriptive of him in the image of God, he created him. The image of God is descriptive of, of that. Uh, and male and female is descriptive of them. You following me so right. far? I'm with you. Okay. Then maybe male and female and the descriptive uh, statement image of God is interchangeable. Hmm. That's what I'd pose to you to be thinking about. So on the top line, you have image of God is creating, created him. Then the bottom line is male and female. He created them. Maybe these are interchangeable because they basically are saying something very similar. Well, I got you. Now I just missed my exit. You know, our, our, <laughs> our producer just told me that before the break, I thanked people for listening, but not if they were driving. Well, I just missed my exit listening. So here yeah. we go. Basically, you're telling me. Mankind is made in the image of God. Mankind is created male and female, and that somehow that male and femaleness together reflects a more accurate image of God. Or it's interchangeable in these particular phrases. That's what I'm proposing to you. I'm not trying to make you accept this. I'm just proposing this because this is something we want to consider. So are they tied together? What's tied together? You mean the male and female? Yes, or sir. The, yes, the male and female and image of God. That's what I'm proposing is tied together because it says the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I'm saying that if you look at that, image of God and male and female are interchangeable. They are therefore interchangeable in the way that you'd use them. But don't, don't trust me on that. I want to give you some verses to be thinking about. I just want this to be tickling your brain a little bit. Well, you're tickling my brain, but you're now telling me that, okay, femaleness is reflective of the image of God, and so is maleness. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're not the same. They aren't the same. That's the reason why we're going to be looking at this a little bit differently. I want you to pull out of the study guide and look at that if you have a chance sometime. And look at the list of words that are used for testosterone or for man or for maleness and look at the list of words for women and the way that those words are described. All I want you to do is look at these lists and these lists, for instance, a man aggressive, risk-taking, assertive, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you these can, lists are in Chapter 2 on the web. That's Got right. It. You can take that list and summarize all the words that we have there with two words, separate and powerful. For the male. For the male. 
And you can look at the words for a woman, cautious, risk-averse, responsive, dependent, approachable, uh, belonging, etc. And you can define all those words, summarize all those words with belonging and relational. Okay? So just think about that. Those are two words that we want to keep in our mind. Man, separate and powerful. Woman, belonging and relational. Now, if those are the two words that are describing men and women, let me throw a theological term at you. Okay. Here are two words that are often used in commentaries, transcendent and imminent. I heard the organ and I was putting on my robes. <laughs> That's right. Transcendent me, and imminent. The, the New Bible Dictionary says this, God stands in a relationship of both transcendence and eminence to the created order. He is above all and over all, Romans 9, 5. He is therefore the transcendent God and independent of his creation. So just think about this. Transcendence means separate, powerful, away, different, very different than us. Okay, that's what transcendence means. Okay, now on the other hand, here's the rest of the quote. On the other hand, he is through all and in all. He is imminent in his creation, though distinct from it. That's Colossians 1.17. What does that imply? He's not just transcendent way off up there, but he is through all and in all. He is here with us. Imminent. Imminent. Now, just consider those two interesting theological words. Do those represent or sound similar to what we just got through saying about men and women? Well, they're pretty big dollar words, but I think you just said separate and relational. That's right. Separate and belonging or powerful powerful and relational. That's how we can be thinking about that. Separate, that is a great word to be used of God, right? Because he is separate. He is way different than us. But he has bestowed his image on us. And that's what we're trying to decipher here. What is it that he's saying his image is? Because we have all sorts of different definitions of this. And I'm proposing to you to think that it's somehow tied to maleness and femaleness, as we see in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. So with all this stuff we're talking about, it's setting itself in our design, how God made us. Right. Now, here's another list. I got that. Here's another list I want you to go. I, I ask you to take the, uh, the, the male and female list and look at it from the viewpoint of summarizing it, separate and powerful for man, belonging and relational for a woman. You can u- look at the same words and consider which of the words in the man's list could I actually use for an attribute of God? Uh, I could take assertive, I could take powerful, I could take doing, I could take leader, I could take uh, independent, I could take intimidating, I could take all those words, and they'd probably be a reasonable definition of some of God's attributes. Uh, Let's look at the woman's list. We have cautious, risk-averse, responsive. Uh, I could take responsive. I could take soft. I could take relational. I could take helper. I could take uh, belonging. I could take uh, gentle and merciful. I could take approachable. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm looking at words in two different lists, and I could take words out of each one of those lists and go, hey, that somehow sounds like God. That's very interesting. Even though they're opposites. Even though they're opposites and even though they're used to describe men and women. Now, that's not conclusive. I'm not trying to say that it is. I'm just 
continuing to build on something here for you. I'm just continuing to try to build on this. If you take the actual attributes of God, you can line them up under separate and powerful or belonging and relational. For instance, I would put I would put holy, righteous, justice, omnipotent, sovereign, truth, omniscient, wisdom, self-existent, infinite, eternal, in, independent, and immutable. I'd put all that under separate and powerful. None of that is relational, feeling good, right? And I could take belonging, relational, and I could take compassionate, saving, loving, relationship, merciful, gracious, kind, gentle, omniscient, omnipresent, and put it under belonging and relational. How interesting, right? Let's cover this further after the break and let me let you see where we're trying to end up with this. Thank you, Herman. Greatrelationships.com. That's GR numeral 8, relationships.com. Before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral 8 relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. listening to Great Relationships, we opened this program talking about the image of God and how that relates to the fundamental choice to trust God or to trust something else. I know a lot of women that behave like men, and I know a lot of men that behave like women. So does that mean we've distorted the image of God? Yes, actually, we're going to talk about that later, that you actually distort the image of God. But we're talking about development there. We're not talking about design. What we're trying to do is get our mind focused on the designs of men and women, and that is a development issue. So let's let's wait on that. Okay, so what we're talking about here, biblically, mm-hmm. when we're in Genesis 1, 
26 and 27. We're talking about God's design for men and women. And of course, later on, there's the judgments. And beyond that, there's also development. But we're not talking about that. We're looking right. at God's design, In how fact, we best reflect them. Once we finish talking about the uh, image of God and trying to determine uh, the scriptures and everything else, we're going to go into a section in chapter uh, two that is talking about how the design is definitely distorted in a lot of different places. And that's what we'll cover. So let me make certain we put this in front of everybody also. When we use the term image of God, too often we will end up thinking of a picture. That's reasonable in the way that we're using the word, but the way we're wanting us to consider this is this is how he is, not the picture of what he looks like, but how he is. He's both powerful and relational is what we're trying to say here because his his attributes will line up in those type of columns. We're trying to give an image of God on how he is. He's 100% of all these attributes 100% of the time. And that's what we're trying to say that he is. And all of those attributes are lining up with the concept of maleness and femaleness. So this, this becomes really important for us to understand that if the image of God is somehow tied to maleness and femaleness, that makes what we do in marriage and the way we live our life really important rather than just thinking emotions, intellect, and will. So I'm very interested in helping people understand. You can disagree with me. I hope you do. I'd love to hear your comments on this. The issue is... Let's go look at some verses to see if it does actually show that God somehow is this very powerful and very relational being. That's what we're trying to ask that question along okay, the line. Okay, well, when you say image of God, it's just, you know, all over the Middle East, especially in Egypt and stuff, you know, I, I think of Pharaoh, especially mm -hmm. Ramses II, you know. Here are all these obelisks. Here are all these statues. Here is my strength, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's a projection. I have set my image here saying this is my territory. These are my people. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was just a human ruler. We're talking about God, and he has set his image in this world, if I'm tracking you correctly, as me. As you as, as, a, as a woman also, that, that, that male and female, and notice this is, I'll just give it to you up front, that coming together in marriage is the best reflection of the image of God. Otherwise, you end up only having, for the most part, one or the other. Okay, but you said not only has he set us here on this world to reflect his image, but that these verses in Scripture reflect his That's image. That's exactly right. I wanted to take you there. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a, they, that is the better place that he has set his image. Let's go to go to uh, just a few. We don't have enough time to talk about all of them. But my, Micah 6, 8, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, here's what I'd ask you to consider. Is there a powerful component? Yes, there is. Is there a relational component? Yes, there is. What's the powerful component? Justice. There's nothing relational about justice. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he, what does the Lord require of you to do justly? Power. But notice the very next phrase. To love mercy. Relationship. And to walk humbly with your God. Relationship. 
Wow, this is one of the things that God says, that's what I want out of you as an individual. I want you to love justice. I want you to love mercy. I want you to walk humbly with me. Power and relationship. Love that verse from that viewpoint. And by the way, here's one of the favorite things I ask people to do. When you sing your songs in worship service, start looking for the power words and the relational words. They're there practically every time. Let me take you to another verse that's extremely extremely good. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Wow. You can, if you list that, it's three phrases that are powerful, three phrases that are relational. Wow. (laughs) It's really amazing. I'm high and lifted up. I'm way off up here, but I also am with the contrite and humble. And what were those two words you gave us? Powerful and relational, or separate and belonging. I was thinking transcendent and imminent. Those are the theological terms that, that people use. What I have found is people don't tend to use those words in association with the image of God. It's very important theological words, but they don't say that's the image of God. And here we have verses that tie this all together. Love to talk about this further. We're going to have to take a break here and uh, talk about it next time. But in the meantime, we can take a look at chapter two, because you've actually listed out much more verses. Mm -hmm. So if this is interesting, if it's tugging on your heart, it's right there. Greatrelationships.com, G-R numeral eight relationships.com hey bill i hired an artist to paint a portrait of me in the image of god like the bible talks about in genesis that's not the point of the passage genesis 1 26 and 27 says then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness so god created a man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them Does that mean I'm part female? I think it's saying that God has some attributes that are more easily seen in males and some attributes that are more easily seen in females. That means that together, the marriage of a man and a woman gives us the best image of God. I didn't like the painting anyway. She didn't get my good side. Herman invites you to join us next week when he discusses the image of God. And since he won't be doing any painting, you'll be able to skip the sitting fee. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.